Hello, beautiful beings. This is Connection Hood. <laughs> Steph Scurry, we're back together. Yes. Speaking about sex <laughs> in a way. Communicating to our little ones about sex and all of that fun stuff that goes with that. Oh, my nine year old asked me what a dildo was. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I had a long pause, and he's just sweetly and patiently waiting for my answer. And my dad is in the kitchen. I was at my parents' house when I was watching it. And my dad pokes his head around the corner, and he is just delighted. He's <laughs> entertained. And he, he says, it's a toy. And I was like, Dad, like, I'm like, I'm so not ready for this. And my dad just looks at me, and he's just giving me this facetious grin, and he's just having a ball and um, like okay so google i'm gonna ask google so i google it and thank goodness google says it's a toy and for a sex toy for people who like the shape of penises that it's shaped like penis so i just left the sex part out and i was like yeah it's a toy it's shaped like a penis and he's looking at me like that is so weird I was like, interesting, right? And he goes, yeah. And then he turns back around, and he's fine. Like, he got enough of an answer, and I'm like, thank goodness. But he wasn't like, what do you do with this way? <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. Uh, Coltrane, he just learned the word butthole. Um, oh, that's like, nice. Really kind of sunk in what butthole was, and so he likes to bend over and show us and tell us and laugh and giggle and teabag the baby all the time and so I'm usually saying get your butt off the baby it was kind of gnarly too when we were (laughs) like potty training without pants on it was just the a constant threat of penis and balls and a butt in your face in our faces all day long wow constant threat he just really likes it. Yeah, he'll even, I don't even know where he learned this. He takes the baby, like, he'll just get all riled up and he'll, like, have no diaper on. Well, he's potty trained now, so he'll just be naked or have no pants on. And he'll just, like, take the baby and just, like, thrust him into his groin penis region area. And then, like, walk off and be like, Wah! It's like, what? That is, that is, that is something that they're born with? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. You have three boys, so you would know. And they're not all like that, but they all have different feelings about, you know, all their parts when they were younger. You know, one of them didn't like it. He didn't like it. He just thought it was in the way and it was weird. And it was so interesting that he wasn't so proud of it, you know? And then we have another one that's like completely was thought it was like, the coolest new toy ever and you know he wanted to show me all the cool things that he figured he could do he's gonna make it stand up make it you know um and then there's you know goodness there's there are kids i so many children um (laughs) just like from growing up around kids in daycares and schools and a lot of cousins so there are kids that you have the kids that hump everything and they just it's like were they ever not humping anything it's like as soon as they figured something felt good it's like they don't even they have no idea 
what they're doing. All they know is that it's like, oh, they touch something smooth and it feels good. There's a good sensation there. I'm going to keep doing that. So if something rubs on, you know, their, their genitals, they're just going to keep on rubbing it on there because they're just little kids. They don't know. Like, oh yeah, I just like to, they might like stick their hands in their diaper and walk around just fondling it all day. Little girls and little boys. I've seen it <laughs> time and time again. <laughs> Ellington just is discovering his pecker in the bathtub. He like is playing and he like kind of looks down and he's like, oh, and he, you know, he's like, that sounds cool. <laughs> that looks cool. <laughs> Coltrane is super into his at this point. They're fascinating. They are fascinating. They're very interesting. I mean, have you ever just sat and looked at testicles? Well, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah. But they're, I mean, they're yeah, interesting. They I are mean, very they're interesting. constantly moving in this ebb and this flow, and I'm like, that's crazy. I mean, just the other day. You have to be very careful, though. It seems like you would have to be very careful about going about things because they're just all loose and you could knock them. They're out there. Yeah. They're out there. We have um, one of my friend's kids takes, well, was taking baths with another one of my friend's kids because they were the same age and, you know, they're outside, they're dirty, they throw them in the tub together. No problem. Well, they got to be about four and it was just, they just couldn't stop making comments about each other's genitals. I mean, before, when they were younger, they were like, oh, you know, and little boy's like, where's her balls? And he's just like, she doesn't have any. She's a girl. He's well, like, they're inside. That's what he We're said. F- women are fully developed humans. So Yes. So that's, it was so funny because that's what he says now. He's, he's five now and he's like, oh, her balls are on the inside. It's so <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. It sounds cute. I just think, I mean, hearing just little sexual you know, sexually educated five-year-old speak is just adorable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. not only is that cute, but you're right. <laughs> Have you always been honest about their body parts? Have you ever used any? No. It helps a lot. Mm-hmm. That way you don't, they're not. They can communicate. You know, if you teach them the world language, they then can. they can communicate they properly. Can. So, I, <laughs> I mean, you can't help the speech impediments of toddlers. I used to be a nanny and school girl said, my pachanga is hurting. <laughs> I was like, what? And it took me so long to realize that her pachanga was her vagina and she just couldn't pronounce it properly. And I felt horrible. I was like, I am so sorry. She grabbed her crotch and said, my pachanga is hurting. <laughs> I'm going to start using pachanga. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. It's also a casino. <laughs> win big there. Well, it's a nice word that covers the whole thing. So when you just use like clit or um, I guess even vagina because your vagina is inside up there and there's so much else and it's not like the whole genital area. You know, when you say like pussy or something, it covers the whole thing. I can't think of a better like technical term than pussy, but pachanga could work. Pachanga, there you go. <laughs> You know, it covers everybody on the outside and a little bit on the inside, middle, and that, the whole thing. There's a lot going on in there. Yeah. Did you talk to your kids about sexual predators? How did you prepare your 
kids? How old were they? I think I started around preschool age because I knew they were going to be around out. strangers. Yes. So I... Or around of people, or not around you. It doesn't... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you never know who's into that. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying as a, f- as a parent. It is, and there are so many people that don't even realize that, you know, it it's potentially damaging to children. And because there are people that truly believe that they can have relationships with children. Sexual relationships? Yes, they believe that they can actually have relationships. I've met people that, you know, and they say, well, it's legal in other countries, and... They don't understand that that boundary of age and innocence, and they and I was like, oh my goodness, and it broke my heart. It was like a taker of innocence. That is not love. Oh, that is not a re- oh. you cannot have a relationship with a child because they're not. It has to be mutual, and that level of understanding and that connection has it comes. At a level, you know, where you meet someone at. That upsets me tremendously. Oh. And no. So how do you prevent that? So what I do is I let them know that those parts are very precious. Because that is how life is created. And that's how that's what we're put on the earth for. I kind of go for that creation approach and that just life cycle approach and the importance of that and that that's how they came to be and that when they find someone and they're ready to start a family, then that's what it's preserved for. You know, it's taking care of your temple just like we, you know, we eat healthy and we are kind and we, you know, feed ourselves good thoughts and good food, exercise our bodies. We also preserve that area too for that everything has a purpose everything has a job a place where it goes and that's no different our bodies are no different so letting them know that that's something to be safe for later in life when you're ready for that you know no one is allowed to touch that no one is allowed to look at that except for a doctor or me or your dad. I said sometimes grandma, but if anybody like grandma, grandpa, they're watching you, but there has to be a reason. If there's something wrong, then you know we will check and you communicate and let us know. But and if anybody ever asks you, you come and tell us. You know, come back. If even if anyone, you know, even close parents, family, cousins, school teachers, anybody, you know, come and let us know just so we know because, you know, we're like, we're ground zero, you know, so it's like, but we have to know because it's our job. Even saying teachers or I don't know, parents, other friends, parents, letting them know that nobody, nobody, because you can, kids, you know, can look in to a teacher or um, anybody that's kind of watching them and think maybe to trust them. Mm -hmm. 
and unfortunately this world is super fucked up and it's just not you can't trust anybody (laughs) it's unfortunate yeah you Mm -hmm. can't and Mm -hmm. a big thing is asking and so my kids (laughs) my poor children are used to me asking you ask them yeah if, if anyone has and I would just ask them they went to preschool or if even if they were at my parents like I would ask and just you know all right did you take a bath or you know and I asked them because they're not always going to tell you if you don't get in the habit of asking those things and especially if something happens and someone most people threaten your children they threaten to kill their parents or to hurt their you know like it's keep it a secret because no one's gonna like you or like they know their little kids are they're manipulating little children right yeah Yeah. any way they can they're gonna tell them anything they can and so just making sure that I'm always leaving that door open and that dialogue open and I mean now they're I think they appreciate it now that they're older and we've had so many talks about other things or when you know, something happens or I'm reading an article or I hear a podcast and something has happened to someone, I tell them, I tell them that news because sometimes I need to hear it to remind me, oh, I haven't had this talk in a while. You mean like, um, child, child molestation molestation. and I mean all the different ways that children can be abused and, you know, verbally and physically. And we even talk about that how they talk to each other, you know? And I mean, there was, oh, I'd heard a a case where it was within the family and it was with siblings, but they didn't know that it was, it's like they kind of, they were kids and they were messing around. The they dodgy incest. Realize. Yeah. And so, you know, just having to bring that up, you know, because I'm like, oh yeah, because kids don't know unless... I also feel that there is going to be some exploration. That's normal. Yeah. To me, that seems normal and healthy. If nobody sat down and had that talk with you about those things, you're more likely to go exploring. True. My parents never told me anything as a kid. I'm an extremely sexual being. We're all really sexual. And, you know, I grew up uh, reading masters and johnson their sex book they had they're on the top of their bookshelf every time they left i would just stand on top of the chair pull it down and go through it all look through all the pictures read it all really clearly and like make sense of it myself because my mom didn't tell me anything she comes from a religious background and i'm sure you know my grandma her mom didn't tell her anything and the only thing she told me about sex when i was older was don't have it until you get married and i want to talk to my kids about sex and you know to not have it to say not to have it till you get married is just like okay that works for some people but not for the most of us at all and that's a really common thing for parents to say that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like you should, for what me and my own thing, I need more information. I think humans need more information. And if you have inquisitive, intelligent children, 
they're going to need more information too. And if you have an open dialogue with your kids, they're going to ask. But if you don't, they're not going to ask. They're just going to go figure it out however they figure things out. What do you do about really racy and not so good commercials and things that are they're exposed to that you not don't really have control over maybe they look at something at their friends tablets their friends can show them boobs or vaginas or probably some really nasty shit i mean kids gonna they have if they have access to the internet like we do they can look up some nasty inappropriate stuff you know yes um they definitely can and for my kids I think because I started dialogue early um, and just saying, hey, I might be a little even harsh about it, but like kids do not know anything. Most kids at your school have no idea what they're talking about when they're talking to you about sex. So you can come and talk to me. I will give you the real answer. You can look it up in a book. You can go to the library. You can Google it. I'm like, you guys all have tablets. There are even YouTube videos that actually explain things, but make sure that it's a reputable source. But I talk to them about reputable sources and getting real information. Like if you need to go on WebMD, anybody can go on there. You can ask all kinds of questions. It'll break down the body for you. Like you're old enough now. Yeah, definitely come to me but you also know how to get that information. So I mean, my biggest thing is the truth. I want you to have the truth. Please do not take your peers advice when it comes to things like that. Please don't do that because chances are it's not even close. <laughs> and I just don't, that's how kids get in trouble. And, or they think, hey, if you have sex in a jacuzzi, you can't get pregnant because there's chlorine in there. Like, I've, you know, like, this That's is the things that kids thing. say. Yeah. They just, they're like, oh, no, I don't think you can live through that. It's going to kill it. I've, I've heard all kinds of silly, silly things from kids. And, you know, and I tell my kids, I'm like, hey, herpes, herpes, it's real. I'm like, just because they're at the age, especially getting junior high, I've got two middle schoolers and you do. I do. They are very aware of their body. Oh yeah. And probably other people's bodies. They're getting to that point where they're not there already. They're, they're definitely like, Hey, appreciating the opposite sex and the opposite sex is definitely appreciating them. Um, but my boys see sex as coming with a responsibility and I like that. I really Tell like that. Tell me more about that. Um, because I've always said that sex was an expression of love, a physical expression of wanting to be closer to someone, then they're like, oh, okay, you know, a physical expression of love. I can say I love someone, then I can do this. And, you know, it's like, that's some serious bonding going on. And that is how humans are created. And I've, I've even told the kids, I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, you? It's like different forms of birth control. I can name all of you with the type of birth control <laughs> that I was using. And I'm like, if you're taking a chance. 
you know? And if, if somebody really cares about you, they're going to realize that that's a responsibility that you're both taking on to, to have that together. It's a wonderful thing. I don't, I don't want to scare my boys about sex because it's a beautiful, enjoyable thing. And, but just be ready for the responsibility that comes with it. That's, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Don't be afraid of it, but be ready to have to, you know, answer those questions ahead of time. You know, like, how are you going to, how are you going to handle this before? Talk about it. And if somebody isn't mature enough to have a sex conversation with you, a conversation about birth control, about, um, protection and STDs, if they're not mature enough to be honest and open and have that conversation with you, they're not mature enough to really give you that connection. They can't even connect with you verbally. Then is this the type of person that's going to go forward with you and take on responsibility if that responsibility is created? So, you know, it's like you, you want it to be someone that you trust, someone that you love. You want it to be a friend, someone that's not going to leave you in the dust when something happens. And so you've explained this to your oldest because he's probably closest to something of that nature. It's just a group thing at this at this point. You just throw them all in the group and yes, get it out. Since my youngest is nine now, and okay, the nine year olds, especially the nine year olds with older siblings, they know some stuff. They might not completely understand it. They think they know some stuff. So I'm like, you know what? You're you're in the room. You're getting it too. Just yeah, let's let's just do this talk right now. You know, because like, let's not do it three times. I mean, I might have to do it three times, but then the youngest should have it down by the time. Do you have you had the um, masturbation conversation? Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like. That was one of the first things. You did? You said that. How did that go? <laughs> well, the first time around, I was just new parent. Did not, I, I didn't want to ruin it, you know? Because I'm like, well, that's a healthy thing, you know? And I don't want to like tell them it's wrong because that's not right. So I just kind of chilled. I watched him for a little bit. He was exploring. And um, it was probably almost two, round two. And oh, my, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say a little bit. I don't, okay. I don't even know what you're going to say. Oh, see, that's the thing. For some, it's 10, 11, 12. For some, it's two. Hmm. Like, or you have those, you know, like, even before they're two, the ones that are, you know, like, like I said, you got the humpers. Mm-hmm. And they're like... So you're talking about there is just kind of like touching himself to get hard a little bit, like tugging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he just was really fascinated. And I saw him out of the corner of my eye. We're sitting on the couch watching a movie and yeah, hanging out, you know, and he's just going to undo his diaper. So yeah, he wasn't too yet because we're still potty training and he's totally hard and he's like lifting it. And then dropping it and lifting it, but with no hands. And he was so proud of himself. And I could see that he was like stoked that he could make it go up and down. And he looks up at me and I like film looking at me. So I look down at him and he just gives me the biggest, proudest grin. He was so adorable. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to ruin your fun, buddy. And I'm like, you know, I had to say, you know, tell him, well, you know, because those are your privates. 
And he's like, yeah. But it, and I'm like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's that's cool that you can make it go up and down. Like, I'm really proud of you. Like, I don't know. Looks like it might be kind of difficult. But great. And, but this is where everybody comes in and sits down. So this is our common area. So, and well, when normally if we want to do stuff like that, then we just hang out in our rooms and do it or go to the bathroom and take some time for ourselves because that's our private area. So that's just for you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, that's yours. <laughs> it worked for the time being. So, you know, he was, he was satisfied with that and he'd go to his room and, you know, hang out. But it was kind of like, once he learned the tricks, then he was over it, you know. So. And so that was handled at two. Yes. For one child. For one. And then. Have you had that any recently? Now that they're older and they're definitely more, um, probably exploring more. Um. We have watched quite a few some movies together. Racy stuff together. Racy, where where that's happening, and I feel like. They all know that that's, that's normal and that's natural. And, you know, for me to tell them, like, because when we're learning about just how, you know, sperm production works and ovary production and how the, you know, your testicles, it can get engorged, you know, you have to release. And we talked about nocturnal emissions because I'm like, oh, they're getting to that age to where if they're not you know, relieving themselves, they're going to relieve themselves in their sleep because... Really? Yeah, because... Well, I didn't know that that would be why they're doing that, why they're having wet dreams. Oh, yep. Any guy out there who's not getting it out because sperm is constantly being produced, it's... Mm. Can you imagine how difficult it is if a man does not release for you know months ouch like i don't know i just when when i hear engorgement you know i think of my breasts yeah and my breasts i'm like gosh what is that like and honestly when i've talked to my friends about it because i'm a very sexual person and i've always been curious about it and i'm like well i don't have that so i'm gonna ask my guy friends like so what's up with that and they're like no they're like yeah sure i could go that long it's gonna be really hard and i'm gonna be really horny but you know it's just gonna happen on its own so I might as well enjoy it and fix it in the shower. Really? So. That's really fascinating to me. I didn't know that. Huh. Sometimes it I, makes kind of a lot of sense. They got a lot going on. A lot going on. I mean, it's in the same way that they're going to have more coming out on release if they haven't released in a while. And they're going to have a lot less coming out if it's their third time that day. Oh, I wish I had time to masturbate three <laughs> times a day. <laughs> I only get to masturbate one time a week now. It sucks. Have you, has anybody walked in on you? Um, As a mom, because all moms no. masturbate. No? No, I'm, I like my me time. For a while, I lived, oh my goodness. I, like, oh my goodness, I slept on the couch for a while. And talk about no privacy. Oh. No 
privacy at all. I've had to get pretty creative. I mean, you know, there's always the bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom, the longest shower, or whatever you need to do to just get yourself feeling human again. (laughs) Yeah. It's not always easy. It's not. There should be... I wish sometimes that I was magical so that I could just, like, escape for an hour. (laughs) Because, let's face it, we can have multiple orgasms and I could just leave. Time would stay still. Children want to get hurt. Come back. A magical mommy. Right? A magical, happy, relaxed mommy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Husbands. You're like, all right. Like, right now, husband. I'm just like... Yeah, I'm going to sit 9.05. So <laughs> got to get on it. Yeah. yeah Exhausted. We only have so much time. I actually have been masturbating way longer than I've been having sex. I feel like that's normal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, also with vibrators. That was the first thing I did when I turned 18. I went and bought a vibrator to a sex store. Wow. I wonder, I mean what that's going to be like for our kids like what is the whole sexual world going to be like for them it's going to they're just being their eyelids they're just gonna (laughs) i'm gonna watch this porn right now like black mirror (laughs) yes exactly that's where that came from oh that's funny oh porn yeah i mean porn 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 did you when you in the beginning discovered vibrators did you no. did you need any no. mental stimulation on top of it i didn't need porn at that point i don't say i need porn now but i don't know every once in a while once you like kind of get to something that you sort of like i find i have a couple books and then i'll just use my imagination and whatever you know like in the beginning of that i think that was just pure teenage horniness getting through that I don't think I needed anything. That's how I feel for kids. And I've had I've had a porn talk only with my oldest and he's probably watched a porn by now, right? Oh, probably. Okay. But I don't ask him, I don't make him tell me that stuff. I, I figure know. like it's just... that's that's for him, you know. But I do make sure that I talk about all right, the pros and the cons of them and Especially the cons of... That's not really how women have sex. Too much. Yeah. Too much porn. Yeah. Because um, there's this movie. I believe it's called Women and Children. I should look it up. But it's um, Adam Sandler. And it's wonderful because it goes through the lives of different families in a community. And they... They actually tackle that. They tackle the sexuality in the media and in the porn industry and how it has affected a lot of young boys nowadays where they don't even know what to do with a real girl. And real girls are almost boring to them. They can't even get aroused because, you know, it's like once they've watched so much of the same kind of porn, then they're like, all right, let me do something a little more different, you know? that's new, that kicks me up, that's getting me aroused. And then if they're not having sex and they just keep going down the rabbit hole, sometimes if they are having sex but they're not having that same kind of excited sex, that's 
You're talking about young boys, like teenagers or something? That are having really? problems with That's like when you're so horny, though. You don't... Man. But they're getting exposed to it. It's too and young. Whereas, you know, we weren't exposed to it. All we had to really get, you know, to really see something was like trying to find something at somebody's parents' house. VHSs. Yeah, or, you know, get a hold of a magazine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which still leaves a lot to your imagination. And even the BDSM magazines back then weren't, they weren't anything compared to the, you know, German man anal fisting an 80-year-old woman, you know, with wearing a ball gag, you know, like, stuff nowadays, like, (laughs) That's a really good description of porn. (laughs) is it's just so extreme i mean there's like okay people all have something that they're into but it's so extreme it's just like oh it takes a long time to even find good like woman porn it's just like it's just a bunch of bad acting i remember red shoe diaries when i was younger used to come on i'm not sure if it was hbo or what we used to call skinamax it was a channel Cinemax and after a certain time my brother and I would call it Skinamax because it was softcore and I'm like oh man if if my parents my mom was working late at night and my dad was overseas like I could watch whatever I wanted because I could get up and like my brother would be downstairs watching whatever he wanted because he was like, oh yeah, mom's working tonight. Pretty sure. <laughs> but as a teenager, you know, if you have those pay channels, you know, like your kid could be back then watching oh, anything. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, Showtime and. I think I watched my first porn when I was in fourth grade. I stayed over at my friend's house. Yeah, I think it was like fourth grade. I was super young. I was friends with this girl, and we went to her. I was slept over at her house. She's like, do you want to see this video? Like, her, her and her sister kind of shared a room, but her older sister wasn't there. And um, I was like, sure, I'll, you know, watch the sister's video. And it was porn, and I don't know. That's kind of young. But I don't, like, you know, it had been, it kind of was really spaced a long time since I would see another, like, pornographic movie. Older sibling too mm-hmm. i mean or older si- sister girl who had a porn video yeah it's not something you would just expect but we're all sexual creatures i just get really worried about my sons um you know watching porn at their friend's house and thinking like that's how you have sex like with a girl and that's like or a woman and that's just like not realistic at all and we're adults and we have sexual relationships and whatnot so we know so you know if we choose to watch something or if we choose to use your imagination if you choose to however you if you whatever you want to use we know what's real and what's not and like I don't feel like I ever had that type of wishy-washy feeling when it came to porn in my own sexual you know, experimentation, but I feel like that is gonna, that's gonna get washed through by the time my sons are 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, when they're gonna, their friends are gonna be over at their friend, they're gonna be like, look at this, and, you know, it's gonna be, like, on their watch, it's just gonna be so relevant, because, you know, technology is just, yeah, barbaric caveman sex, and you just, you lose the art of love making somewhere in that, um, I do, so I believe our last, well, we, we have a lot of sex talks, at our house. Good. So How often questions. do you say you have sex talks? Um, wow. Just recently, I'd say the past two weeks, thank you, 2018, has just been sex. So much sex. And How sex do you talks. find the time? Like, you just, something comes up and you're like, yeah, we need to have a sex talk. Or your kids are acting a certain way or they're saying something. I mean, we're. We talk a lot. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're a chatty open. family and open. Yeah. And, you know, someone might just have some random thought and like, hey, what do you guys, you know, think about this? Or what's that? Or have you ever wondered about, they're all really open and they ask me a lot of questions and, you know, and sometimes if I don't know the answer, I'm like, man, somebody should look that up right now. If I'm making dinner or if I'm cleaning something or have my hands full And, you know, one of them will go and grab their tablet and, you know, look it up and be like, hey, it says this. Or we'll all stop and watch a video or a TED Talk. And it's it's pretty neat. It's we spend a lot of time together. (laughs) So I love that. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I just watched an episode of Sense8, which is a Netflix show. Okay, it sounded familiar. And it's very, very just risque but it's it's just an open show about empathy and you know one of those wonderful human connection types things where all of these people can actually experience life from the other person's bodies they can literally you know be inside of them and, and walk in their shoes and feel their feelings and have their thoughts and so they're in this episode, and I watch a lot for the lighting and the cinematography because that's what I do for work. So I think it's, it's gorgeously shot. And so I'm watching it and, you know, my oldest wants to watch. And I was like, uh, and, you know, these guys start going at it, you know, and they're, the two characters are very in love, these two men. And he's like, should I go? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? No, you can stay. And I was like, because you're at that point. I was like, I know you've seen way worse. Yeah. And so, and what happens in this is that it shows visually all of the characters with that, that are connected in that ring. And I believe there's eight characters and it shows them all naked. And they're all, it's almost like this, this beautifully lit you know, see of their bodies, you know, just kissing and loving and holding each other. And visually it's, it is art. It's moving love and art. And so when I'm explaining to him what's, you know, happening in, in the show and why they have that ability or things like that, and I'm able to point out what makes it art and why it's shot that way. And that's one thing that I've 
always wanted to do with them is to be able and I this is the first time that I'd done it in in that setting with video you know with with film and I'm glad that it wasn't uncomfortable because we looked at it as an artistic piece and why do you think they lit it with that color why do you think it's shot that way and do you understand what it's saying what what they're portraying through these visuals and so we were able to have a dialogue that didn't make it uncomfortable or awkward for a mother and a son to be watching something that could easily be seen as something else mm. and so it was definitely a perspective thing and we're able to talk about to talk about sex and what sex is and to be able to segue yeah it sounds like an like orgy this. no that's what it was yeah that's a, it, it sounds like fun <laughs> I've never tried anything like that at this point in my life. But to be able to explain to him, you know, about different ways that people are able to express themselves physically, you know, and their show their love for each other physically. It was it was interesting to him. And I'm I'm really glad it was definitely out of my comfort zone. But I felt like that's something that people don't explain, you know, and that's something that I feel like I got a lot through movies is, well, when I have sex, how am I going to have sex? How do I know what it's going to feel like? Because I could read textbooks all day, but, you know, where do you, where do you mix the whole technical aspects of, okay, insert tab A into slot B, you know, and then with the feelings, you know, and I, I told him that it's natural and that, you know, you're going to know and your body's going to know what to do. And, you know, just remember that it's an act of love and you're going to be fine. But I got it from TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no one told me anything. Well, and reading. <clears throat> yeah, and reading a lot of books. I read so many dirty books. I would pretty much just try and skim through till I found the dirty pages and then romance novels mm-hmm. and they never seem long enough for me they're not long enough you gotta reread them <laughs> go keep going back to the moments hmm, that sounds a little uncomfortable I, I'm interested <laughs> yeah that's brave though that's cool the way you're doing that you're also very creative and that's your passion for some other people who wouldn't think to even approach that situation, maybe now they will when you can just, you know, I don't know anything about lighting or film or anything, so I probably couldn't pull that off. I think it helped, definitely, because I don't think if I, if I had that, didn't have that background that I have, I don't think I'd be able to approach it that way. It would never happen. I would fumble and it would just be awkward and it would be horrible, but, and I, it almost didn't happen. And, but then I saw, you know, I saw something that I saw it as a learning opportunity. So I was able to take it, but sometimes I don't see it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. But art is an excellent way to teach your kids about their bodies. This classic art, you know, because if you don't make a big deal about it, they're going to learn that they don't need to make a deal mm -hmm. about it. And you know, my, I am so happy, you know, my youngest, he was probably about five or six and he comes home and he says that some kids are like laughing about boobies and he's like, 
you know, in, in talking like those kids are so immature. And I was like, well, that's, that's really cute. But I was really proud of him. He's so young. Yeah. yeah. That he's, you know, he's like, that's just potty talk. They've been called potty humor. You know, if, if you're laughing at butts and things like that, and like guess certain things are, they're silly if there's a pun in there or something like that. But for the most part, everybody's got one. So it's not really that funny. It's like, aha, eyeball. So, so I try and, you know, just try and even it out and be like, it's fine, guys. Everybody has one. And, you know, uh, my youngest told me one day, he was a lot younger, but thanks, mom, for letting me suck on your boobies and keeping me alive. <laughs> I was like, it was really awkward. And I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> like, what do you say? I'm so cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was pretty adorable. Came out of nowhere. It was just really appreciative that I would do that. Like, well, <laughs> so that's what moms do, right? Or your babies come out and they're ready. Yes, they're ready to go on that boo right away. The infatuation starts. The obsession starts immediately. Boobs. Boobs. I like whatever about boobs. You know, they don't really do it for me. I like mine. They're okay. Yeah. They have a purpose. Yeah. Right now, one boob is smaller than the other. Coltrane nursed too much on one boob, and then I thought I could even it out with the other baby, and the baby liked the same boob. So I'm like, all right, fine. I've got a sad boob. Oh. But it's all good. I'm hoping it'll level out when I'm, like, done nursing. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I used to always witch off, like, hey, you're in this side, that side. But... I mean, then naturally, one's a little bigger anyway, so. That's true. It just didn't help the situation. He, like, really favored one boob, and I was like, no. <laughs> Any advice for us mothers out there? And, I mean, you have got good advice, first of all. Early on, you communicate right away. So you explain private parts to, you know, these are your private parts. You do touch, you can explore your private parts in your private room or in your private bathroom. You talk a lot, you communicate, you've just pushed your boundaries and, you know, look through something that could be really uncomfortable and just pure sexual into something more artistic, which is pretty talented. I don't know if I'll be able to do that for everything. I think that um, for every culture, every society, religion... There is sex because it's completely natural. And if you even dig up ancient texts, you know, you'll find it. And I went to this retreat once and gosh, there are so many different types of Bibles and I don't remember which one it was, but there was a book, the Song of Solomon. And I thought it was really interesting because this whole chapter in the Song of Solomon is just about, it's like a love poem, you know, to his bride-to-be. And it talks about, like, the curves of her breasts. And I'm like, well, I, this was up in the church the whole time. I didn't know. <laughs> Why did they ever talk about this chapter? This is beautiful. It's so not what I expected, you know? And so... I feel like I just have to remind myself that sex is okay and to remind my kids that sex is 
okay. There wouldn't be anybody here without it. True. <laughs> so we have to we have to be okay with talking to our kids about it. And it's funny because you can realize, I know I realized that if I'm uncomfortable talking to them about sex, that's a reflection of where I'm at and where my maturity is when it comes to sex. And I was like, whoa, I need to step it up. I'm really immature about this. Like, why am I not more comfortable? I have children. I should have way been more comfortable with, with sex itself. So, yeah, I feel like I've grown a lot because I, I don't think I could have ever imagined myself watching a love scene with my teenager and being able to explain it eloquently. I would have never thought that could happen. I mean, I started to watch Wolf on Wall Street with my parents as an adult and I didn't, none of us realized that it was <laughs> as gnarly as Did you was. watch the whole movie together? No. Okay. We, Thank God. Pretty much. Like, it starts off and... I was pregnant when I watched that and I got so <laughs> upset. I just got upset at mankind in general. And I was like, okay, that was not a good idea, Rena. You're like so pregnant right now. <laughs> I was not pregnant and I was like is he what is that like it just starts off and we don't even know what we're looking at and then as the camera you know slowly pulls oh away, yeah the like, opening scene is the blowjob driving what is that roadhead there's a roadhead which we're like oh, okay but then it goes like immediately there's um I, I believe that he's blowing cocaine up a hooker's ass Okay, that's what it is. And, and yeah, I was like... That sounds like fun. Honestly, I was like, well, you know, it never crossed my mind to do that with some cocaine. I... You can pretty I much mean, do a line on anything. Oh, no, no, no. He was getting... They were getting high from blowing it up their asses instead of their noses. Oh. That's where it is. Randy. Yeah. I We did not know what was going on. And you were watching this with your parents? Yeah, and oh. my older brother. Oh so my. it's like... So when did you guys stop the movie? Kids? Uh, right after that scene, yeah. I think that we were too shocked trying to figure out what the heck they were doing in the first place to actually stop it. Um, <laughs> and then we stopped it. So I still have not finished watching that movie. I have no idea what happens after the cocaine of the hooker's butt. It's just a lot of hooker stuff. And a lot uh-huh. of blow. And, like, I don't know. I I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, his memes are just, like, the funniest fucking things to me. <laughs> I see him just, like, <laughs> la-di-da, doing his whole Leo thing with some hot supermodel. I'm like, yeah. good for you, man. You're living the dream. You're living the <laughs> life that you want to live, for sure. So, I don't, you know, I like him. I think he's he's a really great actor. I just had no idea what that movie, like, it just, it was pretty intense. Yeah, I don't know if I'll watch it. I don't know if it's gonna change my life for the better watching that movie, so. Yeah. (laughs) Any last words for our, um, we covered a lot, covered it all. Protecting children, masturbating, moms masturbating, (laughs) sex, porn. Um. Anything come to mind? The Where Did I Come From book. That is really, really great. I like it because it's great for smaller kids. And I'd say even like eight years old. 
if you've got a very interested, curious kid, it's perfect because it's non-threatening. It uses real terms and I have never come across a kid's book that explained an orgasm. I'm like, wow, thank you. Thank you for handling that for me because I didn't do that. And that's a great injustice because that's the best part. (laughs) That's the best part. I I didn't tell my kids the best part. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Just kidding. The best part was you guys, but (laughs) that's what you're supposed to say. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, it's the closest you can get to somebody. But it's also, it's more much more than that. So I really enjoyed that book. The illustrations are adorable. And it's a brave book. How often do they ask you when you're ready to talk about it? No. And you might be ready to talk about it, but they didn't bring it up. So it might not be there yet. But then, if I don't know, if you hear other little kids their age talking about it, then chances are, talk to them about it. Because they're probably getting some of it from school already on the playground. I'm definitely going to talk to Coltrane um, about... Mm, I mean, I've talked to him before about making sure nobody like helps him change when he had diapers or anything except for me, me and mom and dad to change diapers and stuff like that. But I'm definitely going to give him that predator, mommy predator talk That's now. A good one. Yeah. Just to, to say, you know, just talk about it. And it doesn't have to be you know, so much a predator because they might not understand. I'm not going to use the word predator. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, they might not understand, you know, about bad people doing that. But yeah, you can, you can. The thing is tricky with that is that it doesn't need to be like within the dynamic of a bad person. It could be your uncle. It could be, you know, your cousin. It could be, it just, you know, unfortunately could be anybody. And so they don't need to be like a bad person. Yeah. It's kid videos. Like you can look up all kinds of stuff and sometimes cartoons help. It's just, there are kids and sometimes there are people out there, professionals that have done this before and they have a better platform. Definitely watch it first. And like I read the, where did I come from book first? And I was like, man, I mean, I feel like I did a better job on a lot of it explaining to my kids, but there were certain things in there that I didn't even know where to start, and that helped a lot, and I liked the fact that there were illustrations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the illustrations are cute, actually. Yeah, they're really sweet. They're and sweet and homey. Yeah. Realistic. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I just really appreciated that, and I was like, okay. And a teacher had actually told me about that book, and he said, yeah, it's a pretty old book. He's like, it's still really relevant, and so he suggests it to his parents. So I got that, and then um, the porn talk. Have the porn talk. Have the porn talk before they're ready to have the porn talk. Middle school is great, or, you know, as soon as they're getting, uh, sometimes pop-up ads that come on games even. Sometimes they have some inappropriate pop-up ads on kids' games. Um, I guess they're expecting more adults to play them too. It's like, hey, call me. Like, no, do not call anyone online. Internet safety, we didn't even talk about that, but yeah, internet safety. Um, There are a lot of predators out there on that and um, posting all kinds of videos of kids all over the world. And so I, I try and let them know about that and 
Even just making sure they have their clothes on in front of their tablets. Stuff like that. Ooh, that's a good one. I try to remember that, too, on my computer. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't even think about your kids and their fucking tablets and then they... Oh, this world is so beautifully <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's so complex. I mean, we're not going to cover all the bases. For, you know, we're just going to do the best we can. I mean, my oldest has spent the night at friend's house, but my two younger ones, my 11-year-old, has spent the night at his cousin's house. Uh, he hasn't actually gone over to a friend's house yet. And it's probably going to happen soon, you know. I think middle school is when his older brother started going out and spending the night at friends' houses. So, you know, that's when it starts. I've got to start giving them the freedom and just letting them know that I trust them because I've, I've given them wisdom, what I've got to give, and that's all I can really do. That's all any of us can really do is just be there with ears and not judge them when they try something or do something that, you're like, but we talked about this, you know? It's like, okay, it happened. Let's move forward together, you know, and just let them know that we're going to be there. And please don't be afraid to ask us questions, no matter, you know, like there are no hard questions for us. Like, if I don't know the answer, we'll find it together. Yeah, you're an awesome mommy. <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's my number one focus. <laughs> I, I try really hard and I don't there's no perfect parenting that's for sure oh no it's no parenting is super fucking hard oh my gosh like the hardest thing you can read so many parenting me. books and then still just be like alright during the towel day let's just all go to bed because <laughs> this was not good <laughs> like, like they get they're just people they get depressed they get, and they're such overwhelmed they're so overwhelmed with all the information they have nowadays, and and we can't keep up with everything that they're taking in. Mm-mm. I mean, they've got it tough. They have it really tough. I just feel like we just get to sit back and just be like, give them hugs and be like, I'm sorry, it's a crazy world out there. <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. remind them that it's okay. They can have sanctuary and they can unplug, and that it's healthy to unplug mm-hmm. and. Let them unplug with us. Like mm-hmm. we're we're the ones that have to take them outside and show them nature, and because that's not going to happen, they're just going to be more plugged in as they get older and as the years go on. So we're going to have to keep them grounded because we're the ones that still remember what that's like. Well, thank you so much for joining us again and talking to us. Thank you. All right, beautiful beings, that is a wrap for part two of that episode. And just wanted to say a couple things. We are not promoting or endorsing anything in particular. We just have a few suggestions that have worked for us. Also, these are our opinions and please take them lightly with heart. Whatever resonates with you, take that. Whatever does not resonate with you, just leave it. I hope that you are getting something from these episodes and I hope that you do stay tuned. Keep coming back and checking in because there are some very inspiring guests coming up and I hope you enjoy that. So have a beautiful day and ciao for now.